When I got Will Summer on the line, I asked him to read me some product reviews. This is not normally his job. Will is a reporter for The Washington Post who covers media. And I asked him to read me two specific reviews from the website Reviewed, which is owned by the publisher Gannett. Two reviews which mysteriously appeared online last month. One is for scuba masks and the other is for drink tumblers. I guess let's let's start with scuba masks. Sure, why not? Um, okay, before buying a scuba mask, there are several important factors to consider. The most crucial aspect of a scuba mask is the fit. It should create a watertight seal around your face without causing discomfort or pressure points. Okay, should we check the next one? That's Yeah, yeah, let's do the next one. When shopping for a tumbler, there are many factors to consider. The first thing you should think about is the material it's made of. Stainless steel is durable and great for keeping drinks hot or cold for a long time. Even the most casual reader has got to notice that these two reviews sound awfully similar. They open with both saying, you know, when you're going to buy something, here's some things to consider. And then, you know, but at the same time, just being absolutely contentless in a way of so many words, but having no sense that the person writing it, and I say person lightly here, has has any experience with either the product or even like the real world in a way. Like it, it's just sort of a, from, from this completely contextless universe. Most of the rest of the universe on Reviewed is discernibly human. That's the point of the site, to get the opinions of people who have tried out a product, tested it against a few other options, and chosen this one specifically, all to help you, the consumer, seeking an expert opinion. Whereas with these reviews, you just never had a sense that this person or whoever's behind this copy has any sense of what they're talking about. Now you're getting to the real question, does it seem like these were written by a person? I wouldn't say so. I mean, you know, for anyone who's been online, you know, particularly in the past year or so, as we've seen AI text generators like ChatGPT um, get really popular, it, this just had the, has the feel of AI copy. Um, it, it just... It doesn't feel real. And, you know, the, the staff at, at uh, Reviewed, the human staff, certainly felt the same way. It just feels like it's made by AI. Today on the show, the mystery of the online reviews. Who wrote them? Was it AI? And if a computer was behind them, how much does it matter? I'm Lizzie O'Leary, and you're listening to What Next TBD, a show about technology, power, and how the future will be determined. Stick around. In the middle of October, the human employees at Reviewed noticed something odd. It was a Friday, they were getting ready for the weekend, and then a staffer realized something funny was happening on their site. One staffer noticed that the website was filling up with articles that no one had approved as far as they knew and by writers that they had never, no one else knew. Uh, you know, it wasn't someone down the hall. It was just a name. And then they started saying, well, who are these people? You know, it's almost almost like aliens coming into their office or something. And they started Googling, you know, it would be like Jennifer Smith. I mean, they were real names with real backstories and or one imagines their bios said they had families and hobbies and they had pictures of the writers. But when they started Googling the people, they couldn't find any evidence that they existed outside of these product reviews. Um, you know, they didn't have LinkedIn pages. They didn't have other work. Uh, and so they started to think, you know, I don't think these are real people supposedly writing these articles. 
you did some digging into these bylines too in your reporting. What did you find? I fell down the rabbit hole. Um, I started looking at these people, and their their faces looked AI-generated as well. They all had kind of a similar blurry background, and they didn't have like some of the telltale signs of AI, which is like weird ears and stuff like that, but it just was weird to me. And they had, all the bios were in a similar, it was like, if he's not cooking for dinner, he enjoys like cleaning his bike. It was this kind of like this very similar syntax. And I thought, huh, that's odd. And so I Googled these people and they had pretty specific names and they said they're cities. And so I looked in databases where, you know, journalists can look up people's f- addresses and phone numbers and I couldn't find any anyone in these towns with those names. So I started thinking, I think these people are fake. And then when I Googled some of their names, it brought me over to McClatchy, which like Gannett is a newspaper chain, and their own product review site, which had very similar, I think, fake people. Um, And they all shared an email account. And they said, you know, you can email this writer if you have an issue with them, or just email this general email account. So I emailed all the writers on their personal email accounts. Guess what? The accounts don't exist. They all bounce back. They bounce back? Yeah. And so then then I started to be like, oh, this is a whole network that goes both Gannett and McClatchy of these fake people using these fake articles. So I would imagine your next step is to reach out to these companies. What happened then? So I said to Gannett, um, I said, look, you know, the staffers here suspect that these are AI-generated articles. And Gannett said, look, this is a third-party marketing service that we hired to basically generate more search traffic to our our results and get more people to buy products through us. But the one thing we are clear on is that this is not AI generated. And this is a company called Advon Commerce, but you know, you don't say it's AI generated because it's not. And I'm just saying, you know, look, look, this is clearly AI. And then I looked at this Advon Commerce site. You go to their website. We make AI stuff. <laughs> yeah, it says it right there. Right. You know, I listen to podcasts with the guy who created the company who says, like, AI is our thing. This is why this company exists. Um, and so then, and then I, I got in a back and forth to the Gannett, and I said, I don't even think these people are real. And they said, Oh, don't worry about it. They're real. Um, in fact, here's a real guy. And I said, okay, this guy does work for Advan Commerce. He's a real guy. But on his LinkedIn page, his specialty is AI content and AI text. And so clearly, you know, he's he's a guy who does AI stuff. So so they continue to insist that this was not produced by, by AI. Um, but but I have, have more than enough suspicions, I think. Well, this isn't the first time that Gannett may or may not have experimented with AI. Earlier this year, they they did try to use AI for sports coverage, right? They did. They tried to automate um, a lot of high school sports recaps. And so um, my sense is that they would feed in the score afterwards and then say, um, perhaps, you know, I'm just speculating here, but something like write a story about the this team beating this other team in basketball. Um, but it, it generated the, these weird phrases that no human being, particularly one who follows sports, would write. And so it would say things like, victorious on the field of football. I mean, it, and over and over and over in all these articles across the country. Um, and so people got, you know, people quickly realized that this was being AI generated. We reached out to Gannett to ask about the use of AI on Reviewed. And they told us that, quote, AI was not used. We will not comment further. How did the Reviewed writers feel about all this? After all, you found out because they went to their union. 
Yeah, I mean, they're not happy about it. I mean, th- this the the backstory is that the, this introduction of AI is coming as the writers are engaged in contract negotiations with Gannett. Um, Gannett, you know, from the, the writer's perspective, has been blowing them off and refused to negotiate with them after they were unionized. Um, and so they had a one-day walkout um, on Amazon Prime Day, which for these product review sites is a huge day because everyone's going, they want reviews, they want to see what's cheap on Amazon. Um, and so presumably it costs Gannett some amount of money. Uh, and so then suddenly, if just a couple weeks later, they realize that they the management has brought in the robots uh, to you know, and not explicitly to replace them. But I think it, it's not unreasonable for them to suspect that Gannett says, "Well, you know, on one hand we have these these workers who are on the verge of a strike. On the other, we have this nearly free content." When we come back, AI is bad for writers, but what about readers? I want to tread carefully because Gannett has said to you, no, we are not doing this. But some other media companies have experimented with AI. I wonder if you could talk about the way that newsrooms or places that rely on human writers in the past have have experimented with AI. Sure. I mean, I I think a lot of media companies have looked at AI uh, as a way to reduce costs and whether that means reducing headcount. Um, So, for example, at uh, Geo Media, which runs a lot of the what we think of as the former Gawker related sites like Kotaku or Gizmodo, um, they introduced AI content that would say, you know, like the top 10, like how to watch the Star Wars shows and movies in order. Um, and it was just riddled with inaccuracies. Um, and, and, and so, you know, all the Star Wars people, oh, that's wrong, what have you. But look, you know, it's just a computer. It doesn't know better. Um, but, but you know, it's this kind of thing to these experiments we're seeing to introduce content, AI content. And often they fail. But I think these experiments are happening because these companies are saying, well, maybe we could, maybe we could get this. Maybe we could cut our staff in half and have the rest produced by by AI, perhaps. I mean, look, it's it's not like I have no stake in this, right? I'm a journalist. Um, I happen to think that humans produce good work product. But to, I guess, puncture my own assumptions a little bit, were these so bad, right? Like, is there a place for some newsrooms, please don't yell at me, listeners, to experiment with this? You know, it's a good question. I guess... I think the way this was done, I mean, you know, I hate to rule out, you know, the use of AI at all. Although, I mean, frankly, I think the results suggest from all these experiments that it really is really bad for the product. I mean, even leaving aside journalists' own financial interests and continuing to have jobs. Um, uh, You know, in the case of Reviewed specifically, I mean, the, the reporters there were saying, look, this makes our site look crummy. It looks bad. It suggests that we aren't really doing the work that we are doing on a lot of these reviews. Um, and it hurts the consumer. It hurts the reader. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you go to a site like Reviewed or like The Wire Cutter, you expect that these people have at least some modicum of what they're ta- of an idea of what they're talking about. Um, because, you know, if you just wanted an AI telling you, you just wouldn't bother to do it. You just go on Amazon and, and pick something. And so you're trying to get the best product. Um, and I think when it's AI generated, that really is not happening. Well, I think that's kind of what I wanted to get at here. Like, if you have no financial stake or don't care whether or not someone like me, someone like you keeps a job, you do still probably want to know that your choice of toaster is being thought about carefully by by someone who has tried 
six or eight different toasters. And that's where I wonder if the leadership of companies that are experimenting with AI or machine learning have thought about what it means downstream for consumers. Like, do do we have any sense of that? You know, I I don't think we do. I mean, I, I I think it's obviously been a terrible business environment for media since at least 20, 2008 and before that. Um, and just in the past couple of years, it's especially dire. Um, and so I think there's a sense that this company, these companies that, you know, they have to try something. You know, when you phrase these things as experiments, you know, and I certainly have as well, and these companies suggest that they're just experiments, um, that suggests that there's no harm. Um, but I hmm. do think that there is genuine harm to, in the case of Reviewed, I mean, people saw those reviews and, you know, th- there's this, these sites are hurt, I think. And, you know, people on the internet, the readers aren't dumb. Um, you know, you get a sense of when quality is declining on a, on a website. Uh, and eventually that kind of gets in your head as, you know, I'll just skip that website. You know, I'll go somewhere else. Right. I, for example, could probably figure out for myself, tumblers are available in sizes from 8 ounces to 30 ounces or more. The type of lid on your tumbler is important. Yeah, no kidding, man. The type <laughs> of lid on your tumbler is important. The, the, yeah, exactly. I mean, the the... the it's just garbage. I mean, it's it's essentially, and and I think as we've seen, we've also seen Google search quality degrade. And so I feel that I'm just constantly ending up on these sites that I suspect are AI generated. And, you know, if you just, for example, I, my backup camera on my car has stopped working. So I looked it up and then it's just, oh, you know, it's important to have that or you're going to bump someone's car. You know, well, thank you. You know, <laughs> I know that. That's <laughs> why so I'm trying to get it fixed. You know, but you just can't find real answers. And I think that's frustrating for people. One of the things that made this such an interesting story when I read your piece was that Gannett was saying, no, we're not doing this, or that other organizations have experimented with AI without saying, this is what we're doing. Are there any rules in place that prevent a company like Gannett or McClatchy um, from publishing unmarked AI copy? I don't believe there are legal rules in place. You know, the you could imagine perhaps the FTC uh, intervening at some point. Honestly, I think the the best chance of, of the rules in the short term are coming from these contract negotiations with unions that are in media unions that are trying to limit AI content. And that's you know taking it back to reviewed. That is one of their sticking points is trying to control the the use of AI content uh, or limit it. And so uh, you know it was especially ironic then that Gannett really rushed into that before get, getting that contract. Um, but I do think it's as a consumer. I mean, you are putting some amount of trust, particularly when it comes to product reviews. You're putting some amount of trust and you know actual money into these into what these reviews tell you to do. And so, I, I do think it is deceptive to put out that these have genuinely been reviewed when they haven't been. Well, I think that's also fascinating when you think about it. Say in the the context of the Hollywood writer strike, right? The the writers won. I guess you could say over the robots in their contract negotiations because it says. AI cannot be a credited writer. AI cannot uh, be source material. You know, the, but but this is ad hoc, kind of union by union or or organization by organization in in places that are ununionized. Yeah, I mean, it really is the Wild West out there right now. I mean, you know, so many organizations, just taking media organizations alone, are, are I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find one that isn't experimenting in some way with AI. It reminds me of the start of the internet when you just had, it's, you know, we have the working group looking into how we're going to use the internet and stuff. Um, and it really is sort of, it, it's on a very ad hoc approach. Do you expect to see more things like this in the next few years? 
Oh, absolutely. I think, um, and you know, one thing I would say is I'm sure there's so much more AI, AI content these news organizations are doing that we're not aware of. Um, and maybe it's that it's so good that, you know, people haven't noticed it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think as the, as AI production improves, um, I, I think the financial incentives are all there for the executives at these companies to push for more of it. Why do big publishers do this? Because we've seen experiments like this in the past and the audience is often pretty negative. Yeah, I mean, I think they imagine this world where, you know, they can replace some amount of their staff with AI or just pump out huge amounts of content for effectively free. Um, and that's a, a hard bargain to ignore. Um, I think the reality of it is, uh, on the other hand, that I think it's, it's just really crummy. You know, I mean, then that's kind of the bottom line is that it's, you're not getting a one-for-one -one replacement. I mean, you're really getting garbage in exchange for, uh, for ditching, like, actual quality human content. Is there anything in the news business that AI is good at? That is a great question. I think on the back end, a lot of websites have started using AI to like generate search terms and things things to highlight so that they, they show up higher on Google. This, this is kind of more boring stuff. Um, but but I do think in terms of even you know in podcasting, I, you know I've talked to podcast producers who are who are doing that or in terms of their podcast descriptions. I mean, but I think when it comes to the real like meat and potatoes of journalism, of getting and finding facts and and arraying it in a way for an audience, I really think uh, AI is is you know at least now doing a really terrible job of it. Will Summer, at least I assume you are Will Summer and not a computer-generated <laughs> version of yourself. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Will Summer covers the media industry for The Washington Post. And that is it for the show today. What Next TBD is produced by Evan Campbell and Anna Phillips. Our show is edited by Jonathan Fisher. Alicia Montgomery is vice president of audio for Slate. TBD is part of the larger What Next family, and we're also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. And if you're a fan of the show, I have a request for you. Join Slate Plus. Just head on over to slate.com slash whatnextplus to sign up. All right, we'll be back next week with more episodes. I'm Lizzie O'Leary. Thanks for listening. <laughs>